Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and your emotions. We have a wonderful topic today, as you perhaps may have tuned into a podcast, I believe it was about three podcasts below, and we talked about the emotional intelligence principles of the high eyes. And these were pulling from the disc profile and uh, we, we just covered the eyes and now we're going to jump into the D's and I am joined by my colleague and friend, Ken Vogus, who is the adjunct professor in the doctorate program at Dallas seminary. Ken, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Very excited to have you. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, and you're kind of like, hmm, what is this Edge Got In podcast all about? Our mission statement is to champion your human potential in Christ. We are linking to our Emotional Intelligence in Christ project by offering you subjects that basically train you up for this worldly battle that we find ourselves in. Evil is increasing and offense along with it offense and those emotions are spilling out into some behavior that is not making god recognizable and i'm guilty of it myself so we offer the the uh invitation to come closer again to the power of the holy spirit within us to give us the fruits of the spirit so that we can make god recognizable in our mind our will as well as our emotions our facial expressions and our words. So visit us at edgegodin.com for more information, as well as a one sheet that you can print out to capture today's learning. If you haven't already explored our Emotional Intelligence in Christ project, please visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Let's jump in. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to explore a specific type of personality. And perhaps those are there's some listeners that are gathered today that can identify either themselves personally with this specific personality profile, or perhaps they're in close contact with somebody who has this specific personality profile. Either way, we thank you that you are in charge. Thank you that you give us the ability to show up as Jesus did. And he was our mentor when it comes to emotional intelligence. He was able to identify and connect with, make God recognizable, being that he was God, is God. Thank you, Father God, for the gift of your son, who was able to connect with all different types of personalities and manage his emotions very well. So he is our lead on this. So Holy Spirit, come into us and give us the ability to have that wisdom that Jesus had, to be able to relate to the people that you bring in our path today and make you recognizable. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So Ken, I happen to have, have some of this particular trait mm -hmm. uh, in in my, my disc profile, I'm a high I as well as a high D. Mm -hmm. So I'm listening very closely about the observable traits. How, how do D's, how do I know when I run into a D and what do I recognize in myself being a high D? And for those people that are listening in today. Well, first of all, you got, you got to understand if you're uh, an I and a D, uh, you have a gift of being very fast paced. 
Mm. And the, both both uh, styles, both I and D, are fast-paced people. What makes them different is that high I's are people-driven, whereas high D's are task-driven. And there's some uh, specific characteristics that come with a dominant style in that they are the, what we call the bottom line people. You know, you, you sit there and mm. when you when you when you talk to them, they want to know, OK, where's this thing going? Whereas in an, in an eye, they say, well, let's have some fun before we get there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I completely relate to both of those. And depending so, so, upon the, whether the D's driving the bus or the I, you got I, it. I definitely relate to that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and absolutely. It's, yeah, so 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 it shifts, and it, and it's it's understanding, you know, who's on first, <laughs> yep. you know, whether Absolutely. whether we're uh, into a conversation that's task driven, goal driven, uh, bottom line driven, you know, all these things, and uh, it, or whether they're relational, and generally you can pick that up with regard to the tone, or just the facial expressions. When I look at you, uh, Lauren, you have an easy way of smiling. <laughs> you know, that's, that, my, that, that's that, my eye yeah that's your eye <laughs> but at some point you say okay now this is what we need to do so I, yep. you know what you've now done is shifted and and to have the emotional intelligence okay where are we going with this conversation is critical to go, going ahead and getting getting along the the other thing about dominant styles they tend to be very aggressive and their tone seems to be aggressive and competitive they're they're very competitive people but one of the thing that i appreciate probably the most about dominant style is that they're they're innovative problem solvers they're into problem solving that's god went ahead and and gifted them with the ability to say okay this is the problem and let's go ahead and this i think to go ahead and fix it and to do something about it and that gift to problem solving is their strength however there that can your strength out of control lauren is your greatest weakness in other words you can fix things or that are not broken <laughs> and you create more problems by fixing something that's not broken you know so so again you have to understand the style and the strength but you also have to respect the fact that the strength out of the control in the flesh can become a person's greatest weakness mm, mm, that totally makes sense so so let's bring this to the scriptures uh -huh. who who would you consider a high D, or as you're mentioning, the dominant style. The D stands for dominant for those people that aren't familiar. Right. And in fact, in fact, Ken, can you just give a couple sentences around what is the DISC? Well, DISC is, is a model that measures behavior on four different continuums based on traits. And that's what makes it unique. The other ones are type systems. This is a trait system. So you uh, associate traits with them. A dominant style is uh, dominant. They're, they're, they're direct people. They're decisive people. Whereas a, as an I is an influencing person who is people-driven and relational. Whereas the S is the steadiness style who is more slower paced they're, and they are very concerned with harmony and getting along whereas the c which is the conscientious style is the one who is concerned about the details and doing things right so that gives you a quick flavor of d i s and c on four continuums with different traits that describe who they are 
Wonderful. So, so what we're offering at Edge Got In is we're, we're, we're breaking each one down individually. We have a podcast that addresses the I traits, and now we're moving to the D. We have yet to cover the S and the C. We will be doing that in the future. Thank you, Ken, for joining us on this. And Ken also is one of the, the uh, contributing authors to the Emotional Intelligence in Christ book. And we have all of this in that book at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Coming back to who is a D style in the bible i find that very interesting well the 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 male figure that is uh, that really stands out is a new testament called the apostle paul and he would you know he god gifted him with that ability to go ahead and look at a problem and understand the flaw of the problem and understand where it, where it really is, is, is better and, and, and really definitive of what, what God is wanting to do. And when you look at Paul, uh, he was a Pharisee, which meant he was an expert on the law. And his per, uh, perception initially was that how you get right with God is you keep the law. Well, he was, he was a dominant, uh, conscientious person, in other words, a DC. So he was also critical. He had a critical side to him. And he came to the personal conclusion that, yeah, the law is okay, but there's a problem. We don't keep it. Exactly. <laughs> we don't do that. And, yeah. and so there's really a problem, isn't there? And God said, yeah, there is. <laughs> and so if you want to get right with me, I've got a different plan. And the plan is grace, <laughs> mm -hmm. grace and mercy to the death and suffering of Christ on the cross for my sins. I've got, it's not, a, it's what Christ has done. And he came to that conclusion. And of course, that's, that's his gospel presentation in Galatians to go ahead and do it. And he's the one that came up with it. So there, again, we're coming back, we're circling back, Lauren. You asked the question, what's a, dom, uh, you know, a good dominant biblical character? It was the apostle Paul. He saw the problem and he came up the solution and came up the theory that is saved by grace and mercy through the death of Christ on the cross. <laughs> That's and when and, and I like your reference to to uh, his letter to the the Galatians. That yeah. that that's his gospel. That's where he really lays that out. That, that was his first, that was his first letter. And uh, when you look at Paul and he was he was the significant author of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And what what are his letters like? solving problems. He's dealing with problems of the church and mm -hmm. writing them down. And fortunately, you know, we have them. We have them. You know, one of the more fortunate things that happened to Paul is he got thrown in jail. So he couldn't visit the believers that he was on it, but he could have written letters. And fortunately, we have those letters to go mm -hmm. ahead and, uh, you know, study the, the, the issues that, 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 that we deal with on a daily basis and understand what we need to do with them. So, so mm -hmm. great problem solver. I'm going to shift to the woman. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about Sarah. Mm -hmm. Sarah's an Old Testament character and she was married to an S, Abraham. And but she was dominant. She was a dominant style. And that is a that is a combination that that always kind of is difficult because you, you have the dominant person in the female and, 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 and Paul is, is the male character. So they had their issues. But but the but the there's a special thing about Sarah is her. Although she remained a dominant style, she still respected. She still respected. Uh, uh, she still respected uh, Abraham, and for that, Peter 
gave, uh, listed her as the model of submission. Hmm. She did not give up her dominant style, but she was always respectful of who Abraham uh, was and that was our testimony. And when that works in a marriage, where the where the where the uh, the woman is is the dominant character and the husband is the is the uh, um, uh, S character, and they have a good marriage, that is their testimony. They 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 that is an incredible incredible testimony for that to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I have I happen to be married to someone that has a higher S than I do, so I get that. <laughs> and 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 I think the word the real the, the word that you mentioned there is the respect. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent honest, one hundred percent respectful. And understand, and again, have the emotional intelligence to know that the S needs time to process. Absolutely. So come up with your great idea, Lauren. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you run it by your husband, and he gives you that blank look. Absolutely. <laughs> that doesn't mean he doesn't love you or th- think badly of your uh, your idea. He just needs time to process. And your Absolutely. most challenge is to go ahead and give him time to catch up to where you are. Oh, that is that literally should be a T-shirt in my household. <laughs> I'm going to give you time to catch up to where I'm at. <laughs> what do you yeah. do? You make a poster and you put it on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that that's brilliant because I I am I I do move very quickly and and yeah. I can't tell you how many times my husband will say slow down, slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just coming out of the gate with tons of ideas and right, right, all over the place. Like I'm, I'm marthing it, total marthing it, and you know he'll he'll just say, "Hey, slow down, slow down." So, so give us a little bit of insight because you mentioned problem solving, and I think that this is important for listeners as well. So perhaps you're a listener and you're like, "I'm totally fast paced and I'm task driven." You know, people task before people. Sometimes I'm learning how to put people above tasks. You relate to the D style, or perhaps you're married to a D, or you're good friends with a D, or your colleagues at more of a D style, or even your boss is a D style. So this has given you some insight as to how they solve problems, which, which I have found actually the ramification of that is grace. When you understand, hey, not everyone thinks the way I do. Not everyone's wired the way I am. And so give us a little bit of insight in terms of how do these solve problems? Well, they solve problems by, uh, by getting to the, the information that is really important to uh, the point that you're trying to make. And you, as, a, as an S, I, I, I give counsel to that because um, I, I try to help people. You know, when I when I go into uh, team building and go into the secular community, I, I sometimes just for comic relief, I said, "Okay, who's the most difficult person uh, to work with?" And the D's win every time. And th- th- they sit there. We can't work with this. But yes, you can if you know how. And mm-hmm. what you have to do, and I, I give them a, a three-point thing to how to go ahead and do that. First of all, if there is an issue that you're, you're dealing with a, a dominant style, keep your response in a, in a simple sentence, one sentence form. I mean, it says, this is how I see the problem. This is how I see it. It may be different than the way you see it, but this is the way I see it. And I feel... I could solve it this way or that way and put that in a one sentence uh, statement and then ask the question, what do you think? And when you do that with a, with a dominant style, you're serving back in their giftedness to go ahead and debate 
the conclusions. The, 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 the outstanding issue with regard to dominant styles is that willingness or the way they solve problems is to debate your conclusions. The nat natural response of an S is to shut down because they don't want to say anything more to get in an argument. And you got you got that right. You know, they don't want to go there. And so they'll shut. Just tell me what you want to do. You know, that that's the normal S response there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that 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 doesn't help things because they get frustrated, you know, with that with that. So yep. that's why that that uh, uh, that that way is to go ahead and respond by saying, OK, this is how I as an S, this is how, how I see the problem and I could do it this way or that way. And you're giving them two choices to debate those choices rather than attack you. And the misconception always is, well, I, I tell you what I think and you just argue with me, you know, and, and you, you want to stay away from that. But you want to still use the strength of the D to solve problems. There's such innovative problem solvers the first time i went ahead and did this and I, this is probably 20 years ago with a d and uh, at, at dallas seminary and he, and he says i hear what you're saying and your strategy what if i know that's what you're doing and, my, <laughs> and i said that i want you to know what i'm doing I want you, I, I know you're good at debating, but don't attack me. He says, well, I'm not attacking you. Of course, I'll use that tone. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Yep, coming well, I'm in. I'm not attacking you. I'm just trying to be direct. <laughs> you know? And I'm they just don't be direct. Yeah, they have no idea that they're, that, that yeah, the person is, and, and is I, going to attack. I, and I, Try to put a little humor into this thing. He says, "How can I send you as the D a little signal that I'm receiving this <laughs> a little bit differently than you intended?" And this exactly. is what I exactly. I said, "I, you know, I just need to share something with you. I think your D is just a little bit too high at this point. You know, it's spilling over to a weakness, intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> so you're exactly. smiling at them, you know, with with the hope that they get. Oh, okay, I'm coming across. I don't realize." I'm doing that. And most of the time, they don't mm -hmm. realize they're doing that. No, no. And to be able to just to send them a signal, I want to help you. But if we keep going down this trail, you know, it's not going to go well. And, yep. and it's amazing how they'll, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like that. I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't intend that. I said, I understand. I understand. And that's why the two solutions is so critical in solving a problem with dominant styles. You give them to, so you banter those. His strength to banter, their strength to banter is good in problem solving. So you mm -hmm. go to that strength, but do, do, you don't, you don't, create the weakness by just giving one solution it's it's dangerous to give one solution to a dominant style it just it, that's not how to problem solve with them so you offer a couple yeah and then they can and then and then uh then they can debate them that's brilliant and, and come, so then, if you're then, approaching then, a high a high d to come right. with two and, possible and then, solutions the other thing that you do when you give them the solutions then you say this this is critical this is, it's a, it's a, what do you think so you're serving the thing over the court. And sometimes uh, you, you, it's, it's one of those things where you, you ask them, do you want, you want my feedback or not, you know, right now? And, and I would prefer to have time to process. I always, I always try to get that emotional intelligence statement out on for D's when they're dealing with S's to know that the, to respect the need to time to process, uh, you mm -hmm. know, it's very critical. And for, for the C's is to be able to be open to questions that concern them that are really in the D's 
uh, mind really not important, but mm-hmm. they are important. So it's it's knowing each other's style and knowing how to problem solve and still using the strength of each of the styles is critical to um, getting along and mm-hmm. being emotionally intelligent and, and building relationships. Absolutely. And Jesus was, was masterful oh, at this. Oh, and, and we, we, um, in our book, Ken, we, we, I remember when we were praying on the, the definition we wanted to put forth around emotional intelligence in Christ. And, and we, we landed on with God's guidance and prayer that it's the activation of the Holy spirit within you, meaning the empowerment of the Holy spirit within you, the wisdom of the Holy spirit within you to help you to do two things, discern, and manage your emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. And it's really that discerning and managing your emotions and behaviors, because if you're an S or a C and you face a high D or even the eyes, because the eyes biggest fear is rejection and you're just head on with a D and they have no idea that even their intonation uh, and their facial expression is sending off messages of rejection when it's not really rejection, it's just simply their posturing. And so to understand that, so you don't have to take it personally, but allowing the Holy Spirit to give you that wisdom to not take things personally and to have Jesus' emotional intelligence within us to be able to uh, maintain that distance so we don't give it so much power to hijack our emotions. So I'm curious with the Ds, um, what, do they wa- what do they actually want and what do they fear? What do the high Ds want behind that? Because a lot of times uh, that ugly behavior comes from wanting something specific, but also fearing something. You'll see the, the ugly behavior on all of the different traits crash the scene when there's an unmet want and there's a fear that's gone from dormant to live. So what does that look like for a D? Okay, you, you hit on something incredibly important to understand the want of each of the styles and the fear that's connected. They're connected. The want of a, of a dominant style is to be in control. That is what, what drives them. And being the influence point in the discussion of things, okay? Now, if you take that away and, uh, and neutralize their control, then the fear uh, comes into the vacuum there and they get, become extremely aggressive and direct. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand and respect their need for control. And that when I gave you that scenario and how to, how do you problem solve them? You're serving control back to them. Says, what do you think? That's what you're doing with that. And, mm-hmm. and as I, as I talk to uh, these and I say, I explain this strategy uh, of, of two solutions. What do you think of that? And they say, I love it. Especially when you said, this is what do I think? You know, what, what I think, you know, type of thing. So you have to understand they need to be in control or they want to be in control. And how do you go ahead and still have a conversation, give them control, but still working with them, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So again, thank you for bringing that 
question up of the mm -hmm. wants and the fears. And, and uh, I always have them in any session that I do is have them write a paragraph. Every person in, in what I do is to write a paragraph on what their wants are and what their fears are and to share that, have that open information so that mm -hmm. other people will understand what's really important to you and what the fear is and how to navigate them through, uh, you know, working through and managing that fear. I love that. And this is, this is one of my favorite parts of the book um, because I interviewed you on this and in included it in our emotional intelligence in Christ book. We also offer just for those people that are not familiar with the desk, or perhaps you haven't taken a desk profile. We off offer within the book two, two of the uh, two profiles, assessment profiles, one on the desk and one on emotional intelligence to give you uh feedback in terms of how you are wired and what is your dominant trait. And those, those links are actually contained in the emotional intelligence in Christ book. And there's an option to get the expanded version as well in there. Um, so what are, what are the most understood traits of the D and, and how did Jesus, how did Jesus take the knowledge of a D and, and use it in his ministry? What uh, the I, and what I do with the DIS and C, I, I go ahead and go through case studies of Christ or, or God the Father, working with each one of the styles and the the case study that uh, I deal with uh, with Jesus and Paul is in Acts nine. That that is the rich case study of of going ahead. And and telling us how do you get along with these people and uh, how do you respond, how do you relate and how do you reinforce them? And Follow Jesus lead on this. I like this where you're going. Yeah, with he, 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 he understood Paul perfectly and exactly what he's doing. And the scene starts with Paul going to Damascus to go ahead and, and, and kill the people he ought to be working with, which is probably, you know, sometimes D goes in the wrong direction. <laughs> and they create a lot of collateral damage and mm -hmm. you, you have to you you have to go ahead and say hey <laughs> listen up and and, it in. and 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 the response uh, on the initial uh, of the three hours of how to respond uh, you know sometimes you just have to stand in front of them and say hey wait a minute i've got something important to tell you you don't have to raise it too hard but you have to be you know somewhat uh, uh somewhat Correct direct with them and say, wait, I've got something to tell you. And, and what, what, what goes with that is to be, uh, be firm and direct and brief, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and, and very, and focus on actions and goals. Now, when you looked at the case study, you know, there, the, 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 the confrontation that occurred there or getting away, it was, of course, Jesus knock, <laughs> knocking Paul down and blinding him. Well, of course, you can't do that with these, but, but, but it does illustrate that, you know, standing in before them and say, I have something important to go ahead and tell you. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that is important to say, if you can be as brief as you can in discussing the problem as it relates to a solution. And when you go through that case study, uh, there are 31 words in that encounter, that initial <laughs> encounter. <laughs> and the first one is uh, 14 of them had to do with Jesus identification of who he was and why he had the authority to talk to him. And 17 of them were instructions of what he needed to do. And then that was the end of the conversation. So it was, it was interesting that 
be brief, <laughs> be firm, <laughs> and be direct. And mm -hmm. so that's what you have there. But what you have to also do is give them time to also process what you're thinking. There may be a little bit of pushback that you get. But once you do that and do it in love, they will respect that and think about that. And what is so interesting about that whole case study is that he had three days to think about what was going on because he was blind and helpless. And a lot of times these get the thing when they're, when they're physically incapacitated. Sometimes, you know, that happens. They get a little time. I can't do anything anymore. And that gives me some time to process. Well, that's exactly what happened to Paul, that he had some time to process what, what was going on. And this is, this is important that a lot of times, particularly when, if there's a C backup, Paul was a D and a C, is have a third party validation. And God in his sovereignty and Jesus in his sovereignty called on Ananias to come back and repeat that message to him uh, as to what was going on and what he needed to go ahead and do. And again, the conversation, Lauren, was very, very short. The other thing that you have to respect with these is they can go ahead once they get it and get a new direction, they can do a 180. They can do a 180 with a, without explaining why they changed their mind. And there's a statement within the D's that's interesting. Is they have an ego about themselves. And they, they said, one of, one of the D's says, I don't make mistakes. I just make different decisions and move on. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. And they, there's that ego there and they yep. will make that mm -hmm. decision and they will make this change and they won't necessarily explain why they changed the thing. And you yep. get confused. How can you do that? You told me on Monday to do this. And now on Tuesday, you would do that. Well, I got more information. I'm changing the mind. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The fact that That's, I didn't tell you. <laughs> that is, that is so true. So, yeah, so what I hear you saying with, with uh, Jesus approach, emotionally intelligent, um, encounter with Paul is that he was very direct. Yes. He validated his, his authority, yes. which is important for D's too, because that's, that's ego part. Like, where's your resume? Yeah. Do you have the authority to talk to me or to tell me these things? Why, why should I listen to you? Yeah. Exactly. So he yeah. lays that out right away. And then he gives them the action steps. This is right. what's going to happen. This is how it's going to roll out. He gives them the time to think about it. Three days, he's blind. Yeah. And then gives the third party validation by sen sending Ananias yeah. Um, which, which gives him that, um, that sense of, of full picture of knowing the reason why you're doing what you're doing, which these are pretty bottom line. It's like, what's this all about? It's pretty direct. And what, what's amazing to me is after all that happened, I think, what was it? 48 hours later, he was preaching in the same square and he was threatening absolutely. Christians in. Absolutely. And convincing everybody that Jesus was in 48 hours. I mean, he's in the same square that that yeah. it was, it was, you know, Stephen was, was stoned and he's, he's out in the same area proclaiming now that this Christ that he arrested people for is the son of God. I mean, it's, it's one of the most profound transformation stories. And if you haven't read it, I, perhaps that can be your, your, uh, first school practice between now and the next podcast is really lean into acts chapter nine and look at Jesus masterful approach to dealing with a very strong personality in Paul and how within 48 hours that encounter changed his entire life forever. 
the, the other thing that I want to tell you in the last statement of how to reinforce, mm -hmm. there's a statement that says, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when they got it and they're going in the right direction, just get out of the way. Yeah, and what I tell, tell these this is, is, okay, if you need my help, I'm available. If not, I'm cool. <laughs> you yep. know, I'm okay. You yep. know, and they, they appreciate that. He says, Absolutely. okay, if I, if I need you, I know I can talk to you, but right now I don't need you. I said, yep. that's totally okay with me. <laughs> yep. Cause you understand. And there's no, there's no judgment. Now, let me ask yeah. you this because you're a high S and a high yeah. C. So, so you have developed by the grace of the Holy spirit and emotional intelligence by the empowerment of the Holy spirit within you to, to manage offense. And that's what happens when um, we take personally the behavior of other people. Can you just give a couple sentences around that shift and, and how can we as listeners of this podcast, really lower that reactive response that Satan's having a heyday. Now, Jesus said in the end times, people will take offense, mm -hmm. taking things personally. So when people are wired differently than you, what are some, what are some ways that, that we can manage that in an emotionally intelligent way? Well, I'm going to go ahead and share with you as an S, uh, my, my dysfunction and in, 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 in the past in dealing with these, I have a gift to go ahead and stuff my feelings mm -hmm. and then uh, energize uh, a, a covert activities in assassinating the, the, the dominant style. Or very, very strategically in a three-step yeah, action. And I, and, I, and I do, you know, I can do it, boy, and I can think about it. And, and of course, my character character is Jacob. And, and he did that with, with his father-in-law, you know, type of mm -hmm. then conspired around him. And that's sin, that's sin. And, and I've got to go ahead and understand and be pretty straight <laughs> with my relationship with the Lord and what is acceptable for me in responding to this aggressiveness coming from a D and not taking it and going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, and, and I, I got to pray about it. And I've got to go ahead and uh, energize if uh, I need to, Matthew 18, if, I, if I've got a, a problem, I need to go to him. And I don't want to. I just want to uh, create a, a constituency to go ahead and dump on this jerk. Yep, know? absolutely. You yep. know, and, and that's our reactive response. I, I get it's it. a reactive, dysfunctional response. Mm -hmm. I have the gift <laughs> to be covert. And mm -hmm. I know it's sin and I've got to take care of me. I got to control me too and pray about it. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give me that opportunity to go ahead. And if I'm offended or taken up offense, I need to go to that person directly and, mm -hmm. and, and talk to him about it. If he doesn't, then, then maybe get, get, get some counsel. One or two other people that say, you know, I was there and you know, you were, you know, that, that strategy that Jesus gives us in Matthew 18 is very solid. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what I need to you know, continually work on, not to take up that offense and try to work in my flesh to go ahead and get back. That's mm -hmm. just bad stuff, bad stuff. Okay. Absolutely. So how would you describe the maturity of a high D when, oh when, when they're, when they're, you know, moving oh. and living and having their being in Christ, yeah. what is, what is, how do you, how do you recognize measure that maturity of, of high D's? I, 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 I thank you for asking that question. And because every one of these styles has its own way of getting there. And in the case of the D you go back to the want you go back to the want. What is the want? The want is to be in control. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And you have that, that passage in Corinthians where Paul is talking about, about a thorn in the flesh. And so what he prays for, and he prays that, that, that God would take this thorn away, this, this thing that irritates him, that he can't do the ministry as well as he is. And he gets the answer, Lauren. He gets the answer, and the answer is no. <laughs> because you got a pride problem, Paul. And if you were healed and you're, you, you don't have that prick <laughs> of humility, that's, you're, you're going to get prideful. So I'm going to keep it there for you. Now, what are you going to do about it, Paul? And what does he say? He works through it. I know there's some tears and suffering, but he finally says, you know, I am pleased with the thorn for when I'm weak and I hate weak <laughs> when I'm weak, then you are strong. And it's all about you. It's not about me. Mm. And for him to come to that conclusion, to give up control and put it in the hands of the Lord is the testimony of any high D. It's mm. not about me. It's not about how great I am. And they have a strong ego and they say, yep. no, it's about Jesus. And mm. when they can say that and live that, that's when you see the maturity. Mm. Mm, that's so that's so powerful. And so perhaps listener, you're coming today and you're really kind of leaning into that want of wanting to be in control. And that when you're out of control, and perhaps you're in a situation right now where something's unfolding in your life, and you're feeling out of control. And therefore, you're having this fear of that loss of control, lean into that scripture. And where's that in Corinthians again? It's it's in Second Corinthians. I I I, you, <laughs> I believe it's four. I think it's Second Corinthians four. It, it, Maybe it, off it's on a that. thorn in the flesh uh, passage. Yep, yep. thorn and, in the yeah. thorn in the flesh passage. The passage, you know, where he where he was agonizing with that, and I, you know, people, you know, trying to trigger. Well, why was it? I, well, mm -hmm. it was significant that he he was embarrassed by it, and he felt like he, you know, his ministry could be much better by by being healed. That God said, "No, I know you better than you know yourself, Paul." I really do. And if I heal you, then the pride's going to come in there. And you, that's not where we want to go. It's about me. It's not about you, Paul. Mm -hmm. and Paul, I, I can't imagine how long it took him to go ahead and write that statement for when I am weak, then, then, then I am strong. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's all about you, Jesus. It's not about me. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's actually second Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven through 11. Yep. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Yep. So leaning into that um, surrender point that Paul got to, um, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. And that's a very powerful reminder today. If you are feeling out of control, God's grace is sufficient for you. For his power is made perfect in the midst of our weakness, not knowing, not being able to control situations. As I've often mentioned, when you come to the end of yourself, it is then that you realize the power of Christ within you to do all things. So this brings us to the end of, of today's topic on those high Ds. And you can find more information. Um, well, this is all laid out in the Emotional Intelligence in Christ book. You can explore emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We actually include this in our course as well, which is located in emotional intelligence in Christ and learning more about how you're wired, what the traits are that God's given you and how to use them in such a way so as to be impactful, to be God's Christ's ambassador. And he's making his appeal through you to reach the people that are entrusted to your care. What are some closing thoughts around 
the D's for those people listening in, Ken, what would you say in terms of even summing up the three R's? How do you relate and, and respond and reinforce a D if you're a D or if you know other D's, high D dominant personalities in your life? But I think if I could, I just share is, is understand they're task oriented, keep your conversation toward a task, keep it brief and go ahead and go through the exercise of, of, of saying, how do I solve problem solve with him and be comfortable with saying, do you, do you want feedback or, or you just want me to get out of the way after you've had your conversations? Uh, you know, that's, that, 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 that's what I, what I'd say to them. And what, what I've done with these is they tend to say, I respect that. I respect that. That word, they, these like mm -hmm. that word. I respect that. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you, know, you being just straightforward with me, being direct. And, um, and then if I need you, I, I will get with you. And, and um, uh, if, if uh, I, I don't, it's, it's okay. There's not, I don't have a problem with you. So mm, not, not to take it personally. Not to take I, it I, I love the verse that says um, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. And so to remember that, that anytime you feel offended, that, that Jesus stands in the gap, that we're here for his good works, not ours. And when we come to, to that dying to the self, meaning that, that egocentric part of ourselves that needs to be seen, acknowledged, and recognized, it's then that we're able to experience one of our foundational verses that Edge got in is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and don't allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. So leaning into Jesus' emotional intelligence to help you to be able to make those Christ connections with people around you. That's our victory. So Ken, can you close us in prayer today? Father, I want to thank you for this um, opportunity to have this chat. And uh, I, what I do is I commit what we've said to your Holy Spirit to direct it to those that um, can be helped by what we said today to go ahead and figure out how to love one another. And that's what your commandment is, that we are to do that, respect one another and love one another with a degree of emotional intelligence and understanding. So we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ken, so much for your wisdom and, and listeners. Look forward to connecting with you on our next podcast. You can visit edgegodin.com or the emotional intelligence in christ.com website as well give them heaven out there there's enough of the darkness and it's squeezing in so be that light that outshines the darkness